You don't keep track of my career, but I watch yours. Is there anybody, I know that CMS always likes to start. Is there anybody that would like to start besides CMS? Not that you can't no, start, you may start. You wanna, you wanna jump up and work, Felix? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So for your edification, uh, David and Karen, what we do first, uh, we, we uh, tape all our memorized scenes from last week. Uh, all we've done is uh, we, we read through them last week and uh, sort of chatted about them a little bit, take a look at, uh, I, I'm not a believer in method or any of that stuff. The process we use on one degree of separation from Sanford Meisner, although we do not do repetition exercises here, uh, what we do, however, is uh, improvisation, cold reading, which I like to call sight reading, like in music, and we work uh, consistently on storytelling, working moment by moment and impulse by impulse. And that's what these guys do. Uh, so the first thing we do is tape the scenes that we sort of read through last week. And then we'll uh, take a quick break, potty break, water break, coffee break, candy break, and then uh, we will do cold reads for next week. So that sort of brings you up to speed. Keep your papers still, people, please. Maybe he's good. Who starts this scene? I do. <clears throat> We're rolling. We have speed. We have a mark. Action. Hello, Howard. Hello, Peter. I was just passing by and thought I'd drop in. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't seen you in such a long time. Did you know that Guy Francois made me his partner last week? No. You know, you don't keep track of my career, but I watch yours. Yeah, it's called Francois and Keating now. And I guess I don't have to tell you that Guy Francois is the leading architect in the country right now. No, you don't have to tell me that. Yeah. Remember how I told you once that I'd rise? Are you, uh, are you, are you waiting for something, Howard? You were telling me about Guy Francois? Right, I was just telling you about something I had once predicted. You know, I hate to see you down like this, man. You remember how we started? And look at us now. How much more of this can you take? Why did you come here, Peter? Because we're old friends and I hate to see you beaten. Oh, I'm not. There's no use in lying about it. You haven't had a client in a year. Oh, you're wrong. <laughs> it's been a year and a half. Right, and you might have a couple hundred dollars left and then that's it. Fourteen dollars. Oh, and 57 cents. Right, right. And all those bills. I mean, this is an unpaid light bill, isn't it? Oh, no, no. no. That is a disconnect notice. Oh, and that, that's an eviction notice. Right. So how much more of that can you take? That's my concern, not yours. You know, you can pay me back whenever you want, by the way. You need it. Peter, uh, no thank you. I don't need your help. But I want to help. Look, I don't give or ask for help. Why don't you drop it? What? 
the charade or the pose or the ideals or whatever you want to call it. You can't stand alone anymore. Just give in. Learn how to get along with people, first of all, and then start designing the buildings that everyone else does, and you will be rich. You will be successful. You'll be affluent. You'll, you'll finally be one of us. Is that what's bothering you? Oh, that I want to stand alone? Is that it? I don't know. Look, it's getting late. Go home, Peter. You lost your watch, Howard? I hocked it. Good night. Good luck. And cut. All right, how'd that feel? Right. Pretty good. Felt good. Mm -hmm. Should have felt good. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty good. strong. He's very good pretty with strong. so it's... <laughs> well, you know, here's the deal. Acting is a team sport. If you don't want to be an active member of a team sport, don't be an actor. You don't act alone. Even someone doing a one-person show right. doesn't act alone. They have a crew, they have a sound booth, they have camera people. It, you, you don't do it alone. So if you're concerned about your lines and your memorization, which as we get older does happen, then you depend on your partner to help you in the event that something goes awry. Okay? And it will. So don't think it won't, because it will. You know, I've worked with actors making a half a million dollars a week that couldn't remember their lines. <laughs> they were still making a half a million dollars a week. You know, okay, so what? You know, I could tell you a long story about Pernell Roberts and I guest starring on a very, very large major show and both of us, seasoned actors, wanted to kill the two young actors we were working with because they kept screwing around and horsing around. And he was a fire chief and I was a fire captain and we kept burning down buildings. It was not an easy shoot. There were, there were three crews. You were literally burning down buildings. Literally. literally. Yeah, literally burning down buildings. I thought it was a metaphor. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it was a actual situation. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, okay. I like, uh, go in there, uh, be a little more intrusive at the very beginning. You want to utz him a little bit. You're not there to help him. Mm. And at the beginning of the scene this time, it sounded as though you're really there to help. But you're not. You're there to gloat. You're there to stick it to him. You're there to put that little final last pin in the voodoo doll, whatever. And you just don't want to deal with him. You don't give a shit about him. You know, why? I should have just slammed the door in his face. Yeah. Well, and in actuality, maybe you would have done that right. in real life. But he sort of barges in. You don't really have a choice. You know, and this is the sequence that was written by the writer. So you have to do it, whether you want to or not. <laughs> it's not real life. No, it's not. It's not real life. And it's not life imitating art or art imitating life. You know, Francois Truffaut said it the best. Filmmaking is capturing life at 24 frames a second. That's what filmmaking is. And it's our job to be as realistic and honest and open and willing to be those things for people to enjoy what we do. That's our job. Your job isn't your objective or your motivation or any of that crap.
I'll tell you what your objective is. Your objective is to get the job. Your motivation is to get paid. Those hope the check clears. Yeah, yeah, and hope the check. No, you, they clear. You may have to fight for it sometimes, but they normally <laughs> clear. Let's do this again. Be a little more standoffish at the beginning. You you were sort of, I don't know, not sure whether you were happy to see him, not happy to see him. So let's be a little more definitive about that. Something, obviously, it doesn't matter what it was, because, you know, the old David Mamet story I tell with the executive producer calling him and saying, well, how long was the guy in Germany? And David Mamet says, how the hell should I know? I don't know. We said, you wrote the script? Yeah, but he could have been there five minutes, five years, five days. I don't know. doesn't matter. It's not part of the story. He just was in Germany. Who cares? So we don't know what transpired between these two people, but it's important for you to have an instantaneous response to how he comes into the sequence. Okay? Got it. Okay, cool. We ready in the booth? My yep. good still, Jill. Yep. Yeah, both of you both of you are still good. We're rolling. We have speed of the mark. Action. Hello, Howard. Hello, Peter. I was just passing by and thought I'd drop in. You know, I haven't seen you in like forever. <laughs> uh, did you know that Guy Francon made me his partner last week? No. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you don't keep track of my career, but I watch yours. Yeah, it's called Francon Keating now, and I guess I don't have to tell you that Guy Francon is the leading architect in the country right now. No, you don't have to tell me. Remember how I told you once that I'd rise? Remember how I told you that? You were... Are, are, you, are, you, are you waiting for something, Howard? You're telling me about Guy Francon? Right, yeah, I was just telling you about what I once predicted. So. You know, I hate to see you down like this, man. You know, you remember how we started? And look at us now. Haven't you had enough? Why did you come here, Peter? Because we're old friends and I hate to see you beaten. I'm not. Well, it's no use in lying about it. I mean, you <sighs> haven't had a client in a year. You're wrong. It's been a year and a half. Right. You mm -hmm. might have a couple hundred dollars left, and then that's it. Oh. Well, let's see. Um, yeah. That's $14 and uh, $0.57. Cents. Oh, that's impressive. You think that's enough to pay off all the bills? I mean, <laughs> this, is a, this is an unpaid light bill, isn't it? No, that's a disconnect notice, and that's an eviction notice. Mm -hmm. How much more of that can you take? What's the reason you came here, Peter? Why are you here? Well, you know, I want to help. And you've given me a couple indications here that that'd probably be the best thing to do, but I No don't thanks. Know. No thanks, Peter. I don't want your help. Thank you. You sure? Yeah, I don't give or ask for help, Peter. Okay. When are you going to drop it? What? This. This. The charade or the pose or the ideals. Look, you can't stand alone anymore. Just give in. Learn how to get along with people, first of all. 
because that's always been a weak point of yours. And once you learn how to do that, start designing the buildings that everyone else designs, and then you will finally be rich. You'll be affluent, you'll be respected, and you'll finally be one of us. I see, so that's what's bothering you right now is that I want to stand alone? <laughs> is that it? You know, Howard, I don't know. Yeah, Peter, you don't. It's late, go home. Oh, right, have you lost your watch, Howard? I hocked it, good night. Good luck. Mm. See ya. Bye. And cut. There we go. There we go. Nice, nice, nice. So here's the thing. I say it all the time. Don't get sick of it. But the only way that the audience can be interested is if you are interesting during form. We've got to be interested in what we're watching. Otherwise, we go pee-pee or go get a Coke or go get a big bucket of popcorn or... Not off in the theater. Exactly right. Good work. Thank the you. changes were very good, very specific, all very natural, all very... Here's the thing. Active listening. Active listening. I, I get right before COVID, some of you know I got to spend a whole evening with Morgan Freeman. It's one of the things we talked about the most. Where was I? Uh, you weren't invited. Yeah. Anyway... We talk about active listening. He said that's the most important thing he ever learned from any of the stars he was ever fortunate enough to work with is to listen. And I was watching, what was I watching? Oh, I started watching, don't ask me why, because I'm not a big fan, but I started watching on uh, Prime. Right. And there's a scene, but he's talking. He's going through this wonderful monologue, and they cut to, and he's not listening. And because of the way we work, I knew he wasn't listening. So with a couple of people I was sitting and watching with, I said, what do you see here? What's not right? They said, well, he's not listening. He was pretending to listen, but he wasn't listening. Well, you can tell. And when it was time for his line, they cut to him, and he had been thinking about his line the whole time. And it was apparent that's what he was doing. Now, maybe the, the average Joe Schmo, they may or may not see that. But you guys certainly would have. And the people I was sitting with are not, one's a writer and, and one's a, a, a sales marketing person. They, they're not aware of that. But they sensed it because he wasn't listening. So your listening skills, guys, the more you do this, are getting better and better and better and better. And I say this all the time, ad nauseum, I realize, but the only way the uncomfortable becomes comfortable is by doing the uncomfortable. It's the only way. The reason Benji is a totally different person now than he was two and a half years ago. Well, it's true. It's true. Well, it, it's true because he's just a totally different person. And when he's a star, he's going to have a hard time hearing that. And, well, and it's exemplified in his work. It's a, you get the bullshit out of the way. Get yourself out of the way. And all of a sudden, things open up for you, you know. So good. Good work. Thank you, Brian. Good, good Thanks, work. Brian. No, thank you, guys. Don't go buy a book about terms of the industry either. I'll teach those to you week by week. We'll go through all those terms. You need some help yeah. there, buddy?
I have Bonnie Gillespie's book. It's pretty good so far. Bonnie's one of the only books about the industry that I would highly recommend. What book is that? Um, Self-Management for, Self for Actors, yeah. It's really fabulous. And she's a very gracious, giving human being. She gives away a lot of her time and her energy. Then you showed Meisner's book the other day. I had read that one. I forgot what it was called. I think I had it here the other day. Yeah, I think Jeannie borrowed it. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah. She's reading to find out what not to do. <laughs> yeah, I disagree. Well, he talks a lot about repetition. Well, that's what he based his whole thing on, and that's why my mentor and coach, Charles Conrad, broke away from Sanford and, and came out here and opened his own studio. But that's another story. All good things evolve. Oh, yeah. Okay, you guys ready? Camera's ready? Yeah, who starts? Who starts? Who starts? Uh, I do. Okay. Move Rolly. We have Steve. Move Mark. Dad, what's wrong with Grandma? She's real sick, honey. Is she going to die? Everybody dies someday. I mean, is she going to die soon? Son, come here for a minute and let's talk. I don't want to upset you, but yes, she is going to die soon. But I don't want Grandma to die. Can't the doctors help her? They've done everything they could. For now, the best we can hope for is for her to be comfortable. She didn't even know me earlier today. When you get old, the body gets worn out and things stop working. The brain is just one of them. But I don't want Grandma to die. I don't want her to die either. She's my mother, and nobody can ever replace her. Mom died, and little Mickey died. How come everybody I love is dying, Dad? How come all of the good people in the world are dying? I don't know. I guess God needs them in heaven to help him. So why, did, why is God taking away all the people I love? What did I ever do to make him mad? You, you didn't make him mad. You're a good kid. And besides, he hasn't taken everyone. I'm still here, and I'm not leaving you. Promise? I promise. Mom promised she would never leave either. And she did. She lied. And you're lying, too. You're going to leave me just like everybody else did. Not for a long, long time, I promise. I'm going to stay here and watch your kids grow up. I'm not going to have any kids. And that way they can't die. And cut. Lovely. Good for you. Uh, that, one, that one actually hurts. <laughs> of course it hurts. It's a painful piece. Of course it hurts. It's supposed to, if it didn't hurt, you wouldn't be human. See, that's what's so wonderful about this process. 
that Charles taught me and that I teach you. That's Charles Eric Conrad, for those of you that don't know. He was not only my acting coach for 12 years, but he was my friend and mentor for 40. And that's why this process is so wonderful, because it allows you to experience the pain that you would be feeling if you're actually going through the situation. Yeah, you don't have to fabricate anything. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, but just this kid, this character lost his mother and his, I don't know who Mickey is, but and his It's mother. his brother. Mickey's his brother. So he lost his mother and his brother, and now he's losing his grandma. So you can allow yourself to feel a little bit more pain if you want to on this second time, okay? Don't hold back. I want to compliment you, not one upread tonight. Not one. Not one. Good for you, kiddo. You know, we've been working on that, fine-tuning it. They're all little things we work on. You all know I do not believe in constructive criticism. I think it's an oxymoron. I don't think you could build something up and tear it down at the same time. But what we can do is because we tape everything and we look at everything and we see everything and we send you free copies of everything we shoot here, we can evaluate, we can see what's working, what's not working, what you're hiding from us. See, in theater, and I love theater, don't anybody say I don't love theater, I've done theater my whole life. I love theater. You can get away, you can cheat a little bit in theater. You can't cheat on film. Film crawls in your eyes and in your guts, counts the nose hairs in your nose, and magnifies everything you do and feel. So you can't cheat, you know. And that's what's so wonderful about Charles' process. It allows you, once you get your head in the right space, once you go from your left brain, which is the logical brain, to your right brain, which is a creative brain, once you go there, it allows you to experience things on a real, natural, personal level. But you have to have the willingness to go there. See, and a lot of people, when they're new here, don't have that willingness. They don't want us to see them warts and all. They want to smile through everything or be tougher than everyone. But that's not the way life is. You know, pain, agony, and torture is what life is. I'm not a fatalist, but I am a realist, you know. So allow yourself to feel that pain when we do this again. See where John is? Do you see where John's coming from as the, as the uh, son of the woman who's your grandma who's dying? He tells you. You say, I don't want grandma to die. And he, what does he tell you? He, he says, says he doesn't I, want her to die either. Why? That's his mom, and nobody can replace her. Yeah. Yeah, pretty serious stuff, isn't it? Yeah, so just feel it a little bit more, okay? Let yourself go there. Just don't give a hoot. You know what I normally say, but we're being taped tonight, so I have to be polite. <laughs> you know, I'm trying not to swear too much. Yeah. Uh, they could bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> not the way I use the F word, they couldn't <laughs> give you the beep. Da, 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 beep, da, 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 beep, beep, beep. No, so, okay, so we good in the booth? Yep. Okay. Okay, we're rolling. We have speed, we have a mark.
dead. What's wrong with Grandma? She's real sick, honey. Is she going to die? Everybody dies someday. I mean, is she going to die soon? Son, come here a minute and let's talk. Now, I don't want to upset you, but yes, she is going to die soon. But I don't want Grandma to die. Can't the doctors help her? They've done everything they could. Now the best we can hope for is for her to be comfortable. She didn't even know who I was earlier today. When you get old, your body breaks down. Things stop working. The brain is just one of them. I don't, I don't want grandma to die. I don't want her to die either. She's my mother, and nobody can ever replace her. I can't believe this. Mom died, and then little Mickey died. How come everybody I love is dying? How come all of the good people in the world are dying, Dad? I don't know. I guess God needs him in heaven to help him. But why is God taking everybody away from me? What did I ever do to make him mad? You haven't done anything to make God mad. You're a good kid. And besides, he hasn't taken everyone. I'm still here, and I'm not leaving you. Promise. I promise. Mom promised she would never leave me either. And she did. She lied. And you're lying too. You're going to leave me just like Mom did, not just like little Mickey did? Not for a long, long time, I promise. I'm going to stay right here and watch your kids grow up. I'm not going to have any kids. That way they can't die. And cut. Oh, nice. Really lovely. Yeah, good work. Good work, Blake. Really good. Yeah. Nice, Mr. Keating. Really super, super. Let's do uh, Andrea and Beju. Oh, I'm just gonna get oh, I started. You still do the cold reading, right? Can you zoom out? Uh, like every day? Yeah. I tried. Yeah, I, I tried. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what did Yoda say? There is no try, there is do and not do. And anybody that doesn't cold read aloud 30 minutes every day gets doo-doo. That, that, that's how I read novels, because I can never read anything. That's right. I started reading 1984, it's actually really good. Mm -hmm. I'm cold reading that now. George Orwell. I'm like, why haven't I read that before? Yeah, it's a great book. It's really good. It's really good. Remember guys, readers aren't leaders, but leaders are readers. Harry Truman. Want to be a leader in any field? You got to be a reader. I mean, it's so good that the thirty minutes are like the thing my bell rings, and I'm like, You're oh, like what? and I keep on reading. <laughs> good, good. You time your reading. That's good. How are we in the booth? Good. Who starts? Oh, I start. Yeah, of course. <laughs> We're rolling. We have speed. We have a mark. Action. You know what I admire most about you? I don't know, is it my freelance mind?
or my gorgeous, insatiable body. <laughs> the way you're so goddamn cheerful. The way you did the cartwheels today, fantastic. Uh, nothing to it. See, the air was champagne and it made me drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that easy, Chrissy. Uh, people are different. You're just so open to people, everyone. I'm not that way. I've got walls built around me. Why? Why not just treat them down? Well, I mean, it's not that easy. I, a lot of fucked up things happened to me when I was a kid. A lot of fucked up things happen to a lot of people when they're uh, kids. Maybe so, but I've learned to tune things out. Not let people too close. I mean, work is great. I'm, work, I'm great at work, but people hurt you. And what you don't feel can't hurt you. Okay, see, that's what's wrong, Philip. It's not feeling what hurts you. You've got to learn to open up. You've got to learn to love people. You've got to love stupid people, bag ladies, winos, you know, dirty old men. And I know how it may sound, but they're people, you know, uh, they're life. It's, and it, that's the greatest thing in the universe. It's so beautiful and sacred and it's free. And it's all around us. Just dig it, wallow in it. Wow. You're so damn great, Chrissy. Okay, see, I don't understand you. I really don't. I don't understand this thing with you and your grandfather. Well, why can't you just forget the old fart already? It's like a family curse or something. Jeez. It's hard to explain my grandfather. My grandfather is Texas. I mean, he thinks he could buy anything he wants. He tried to buy me once. And what he can't buy, he wants to destroy. Does that make sense to you? Mm, not really. He destroyed my father. No, wait, he crippled him. You shouldn't ignore Wade. You either love him or hate him. And what about Jenny Cheerleader? Why can't you just forget about her? Oh, Jenny. Well, <laughs> Jenny's special. Even, even if I never saw her again, she'd still be special. Look, she dumped all over you, okay? Just quit mooning about her. I'm sorry, Chrissy. You're wonderful. Come on to bed. Maybe some good, healthy sex will bring you back to your memories, so. Oh, wow. Let's go. And cut. There we go. Lovely. Good for you. You're, you're, you know, you're... Your English, do you, do you realize how much better your English is now mm -hmm. than it was six yes. months ago? Yeah. Man, there's just a huge difference. And just by doing it, cold raining a lot every day, you do have the exercise that I gave everybody, right? You doing that? Mm -hmm. I have a lovely uh, gal from uh, Brazil, Portuguese, who's working on that exercise with me and doing a fabulous job and Vasily of course has worked on it for months since he's been here and uh, it just shows so you're working real hard at it good for you Thanks. that's a lovely work 
Lovely work, Beju. Okay, it's a lot of crap. No. <laughs> I was like, that. Uh, there's no cussing in this. Why did I say that? Oh. Well, I don't care because I haven't said the F word tonight. You thought you'd fill in for me. I no, it's just... I, I know, and I... Because <laughs> you said I said it too. <laughs> yeah, we have an F quoted tonight, so uh, we're, we're meeting it. Blake, you be quiet. Uh, no F word for you. Although you did say it one night, which was quite a, a, a wonderful. Uh, it warmed the cockles of my heart. Well, he's a uh, big boy. He's in middle school. Yeah, he's, he's heard that word before. Yes. <laughs> Several times a day. <laughs> Several times a day. <laughs> Dad, stop talking like that around the kids. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's do it again. Um, no, I, I like what you did. Just change it up. Just give me a different read. You know? Okay. I, I just go? No, no. Okay. You'll, you'll get your words from the booth. All right, you start, Veggie. Mm-hmm. We are rolling. Take your own action. You know what I admire the most about you? My brilliant minds or my gorgeous, insatiable body. The way you're so goddamn cheerful all the time. The way you did those cartwheels earlier on, fantastic. Uh, nothing to it. You know, the air was champagne and make me drunk. It's not that easy. People are different. You're so open to people, to everyone. I'm not that way. I've got walls around me. Why though? Why not just tear them down? It's not that easy. A lot of crap happened to me when I was a kid. A lot of crap happened to everyone when they were a kid. Maybe so, but I've learned to tune things out, not to let anybody too close. And work is great. I mean, I'm great at work, but people hurt you. You can't be hurt by things you don't feel. That's wrong, Philip. That's not how it works. You, you've got to open up. You've got to learn how to love people. You've, you've got to love all those winos and stupid people and bag ladies and dirty old men because they're people and they're life and that's the greatest thing in the universe it's beautiful and it's sacred and it's free it's all around us dig in it wallow in it wow you're so damn great Chrissy I don't understand you I, I really don't. This thing with you and your grandfather, why can't you just forget the old fart already? It's like a family curse or something? I can't explain my grandfather. My grandfather is Texas. I mean, he thinks he could buy anything he wants. He tried to buy me once, and what he doesn't buy, he wants to destroy. Does that make sense to you? Mm, I don't think so. He destroyed my dad. No, wait. Crippled him. But you can't ignore Wade. You either love him or hate him. Mm. And what about Jenny cheerleader? Can you just forget about her? Oh, Jenny. Well, you know, Jenny's special. Even if I never see her again, she's still special. Oh, look. She dumped all over you. Just quit moaning about her. You need to understand that there was a point in my life 
when my mother and Jenny were the only people I cared about. Okay, so how, Jenny? What about me? Oh, oh I, I'm sorry, Chrissy. You're wonderful. Hmm. Come to bed, Philip. Maybe some good healthy sex will help you bring you back to your senses. And cut. There we go. Nice. You just shocked the hell out of Philip. So I was ready to run upstairs, but uh, I realized that I had forgotten that line. Good. That's good, 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 good. Lovely. Good work. Okay. Uh, Kenny and Max. Uh, my students quote me all the time. Have one of the hottest up-and-comers in Nashville who studied with us and is in our movie, played the dad in our movie. And uh, he says that every time he goes on stage, he says, I'm take, he told me this the other day, he says, I, I carry your bag of tools with me every time I go on stage. That's a great compliment. Okay, simmer down. Yeah, everybody simmer, simmer down now, simmer down now. <laughs> We are rolling, we have speed, we have a mark, and action. Of course you resent it, but you should know there's a simple way to silence all these unjust criticisms. If you were just to produce some accounts and... Why should I? Why should I submit to the bullying of the diocesan's offices? Why, why should I open up private files so you can appease your obstreperous archdeacon? who is currently browbeating you into taking an undignified and undefying stance. And if I do give in to this request, I will be taking a, a serious... Oh. I understand your anger. But you should know... I, I, you know, I see your point of view. But Stephen, you, you gotta listen to me what I'm about to tell you. Sorry, can we start over on that? I wasn't feeling that. I was not feeling that. That's okay. It's okay. Can I review my, my script really quick? Sure, don't get up. We'll bring no, it I'm to not, you. I'm not. I just want to review this. It's all right. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's, 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 that's <laughs> it. Okay, I got fired as script supervisor. What kind of a script consultant are you? Jeez, well, we... Don't quit your that, day job there, buddy. Jeez, it's hard to find good help. See, Karen, can you feel the love? Can you feel the love here? All we have is love. <laughs> hey, don't screw up again, damn it, no. Max. No. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. He knows I'm just kidding. Focus, guys. Take your time. Max obviously forgot the number one lesson. Never break. Cough. Also, it is ridiculously warm in here. You are wearing a Well, you're wearing a wool jacket. What the heck? You have a hole in your armpit or something? You don't want us to see your shirt or what? Go back in your hole, Alex. I'm joking, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give him a minute, guys.
course you resent it. But you should know there's a simple way to silence all these unjust criticisms. If you were just to produce some accounts, then... Why should I? Why should I submit to the bullying of the diocesan offices? Why, why do I need to produce files, private files, just so you can appease your archdeacon who is currently browbeating you into taking an undignified and undefied stance. And if I were to give in, I would be taking the most dangerous precedent. Now believe me, the, the canons will have my back up the hilt in asserting the dean and chapter's ability to withstand any, any interference from the archdeacon or any of his ordering of the cathedral's affairs. I understand your anger and I see your point of view. But Stephen, please, I beg of you, please listen carefully to what I'm about to say. I myself don't see any deliberate issue, but it should be a fact that anyone, even someone as financially adroit as you, can commit a mistake that proves expensive. If there is indeed been made a mistake somewhere along the line, please tell me right now so that I could giving my full support in sorting out all these consequences. I can understand where there would be circumstances where talking to the canons wouldn't be in your best favor, but please know that I'm on your side with this. How extremely kind of you. But I am in no need of a confessor. I should also warn you that if you continue to persist in your refusal to cooperate with me, I shall feel obliged to make a visitation. Then make it. I hope you enjoy the moment when I present you with immaculate accounts. Yeah, that's a very irresponsible attitude for a senior churchman to adopt. Shouldn't you be thinking of ways you could best avoid unfortunate- No, shouldn't you? I don't understand this, this lust. This lust to play the Grand Inquisitor of the chapter's house is more than a little distasteful. You are only supposed to go around and be everybody's father in God, not prying into the cathedral's affairs like some fraud squad detective. Now, let me repeat, everything is fine. I have control of everything. And the appeal is on course, so why don't you go back to your little job of playing the good bishop and leave me in peace to play the good dean? Because I know from past experience that the role of good dean is one that you sometimes have great trouble oh, sustaining. how dare you? How dare you? And since you insist on a spade being a spade, I hardly think you're in the right to complain when I follow your example. So Stephen, let's just have a conversation in a calm, civilized, and dare I say, Christian manner. Let's try to get a hold of ourselves. I don't want to have a visitation, but I think oh, it'd be that is a lie. You've been longing for years to make a visitation, so you can run my, thrace, my, my face through the mud. And don't think I don't know why. Stephen. You haven't forgiven me, have you? You haven't forgot 
that I may have made a pass at your wife. And the problem is, your wife didn't seem too upset about it. Oh, you bloody liar. You bloody liar! She was never interested in you. She fought you off. Oh, I know she, she did fought not you fight off. hard. For a long time, she didn't fight at all. It's a good thing I didn't have a drink. Oh, you always have too much to drink. I mean, the only reason you spend your entire damn life committing adultery is because you're always too Whoa, bloody sodden into achievement. Righteous, hypocritical so little boy. Righteous and hypocritical about telling the truth. It's not the truth. I, I speak the truth when I tell you you are self-righteous and hypocritical. How dare you accuse me of immorality when you are the one who went to bed last night with Harriet March. And don't pretend you don't know what I'm talking about. And don't act like I will keep quiet for the good of the church either. In fact, in fact, go ahead and make that visitation. Because if you do, I will go up to Harriet's highest friends in London and tell them about the affair. And then the news of the world will be on your doorstep quicker than you can draw a breath to lie about your innocence. There wasn't an affair. That's not what Harriet had to but say. But she's lying. Well, I don't trust you, and I don't believe you, and neither will the news of the world. Well, that's it. You just convinced me, without a shadow of doubt, that you are utterly unfit to be the dean of a great cathedral. I will force you out of Starbridge, even if it's the very last thing I ever do! And Okay. Yeah, yeah. First gear is like, oh, first gear stuck, and then oh, now second. Yeah, the improvisation in that one. The minute, the minute you you got past that hump, yeah, you know that little hurdle, yeah, it it really started rocking. Yeah. And this is why I've never had an actor in 30 years of coaching get on a set for the first time and be uncomfortable. The chances of you getting a role like this at the stages that most of you are, are 10 million to one. So if you can do this here and produce as well as you did, five lines, eight lines on a Shonda Rhyme show, who cares? You'll go in and kick ass. Yeah, you'll get the job done. You'll do really well. And you'll get, you know, I just had one of my actors just guest starred on on uh, Chicago Med, and now uh, he's guest starring on uh, on uh, Power Book Four. Hmm. So this works, guys. This process works. You don't have to get your book of herbs. You you don't have to dissect a script. You don't have time for it. You just don't have time. You know. Right. You get a call on Friday. For an audition on Friday morning, you get a callback Friday afternoon. You're on the set Monday morning. When do you do backstory? When do you do research? You don't have time. Five things to look at on every script. Five things, real simple. Who, what, where, when, why. Done. Mm -hmm. Here's a question for you guys. If you are in scenes four, five, and six, scenes 31, 32, and 33, and scenes 89, 91, and 92, do you have to read the whole script? No. Why? 
That's information you don't need. It's not your story. It's not your story. You're concerned with the scenes you're in. I love when Harvey Keitel gave uh, De Niro the uh, uh, Kennedy Award Center Award. He was up there and he looked up at Bobby and he says, Bobby, I want to thank you for teaching the most important thing about memorization. My line, my line, my line, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. My line, my line, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. My line, my line. Okay, it's not that simple, of course. But there's no reason for you to know what's going on in a story if you're not involved in part of that story. Why? What's the first thing about screenwriting? The first rule about screening writing is if it doesn't add to the story, take it out of the screenplay. You see it all the time in movies. Mm -hmm. They'll go from one sequence to another. You sort of what? But then you think back and think, oh, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. If it doesn't add to the story, it doesn't matter. If what you're going to read about is only going to clutter your brain with excess matter, why do we need to know it? We don't. How long was the guy in Germany? I don't care. I don't care. I'm not in that scene. I don't care if he, you know, spent his life there. Okay, it's a ball buster, guys, and I, I doff my hat, you know, and, but this is why we're here. This is why all the material we have is original material. And I purposely pull material that's going to be hard for you. That's going to take you out of your comfort zone. That's going to make you break down. That's going to keep you from smiling all the time. You're not my only smiler anymore. You don't. No, no, no. The smiling, no, the smiling in that sequence was wonderful. But you remember, you used to do that a lot. I have a beautiful gal in uh, Wednesday morning who does the same thing. Not anymore. She did six months ago. She smiled through everything. I could give her a funeral sequence. She'd be smiling. You know, she didn't want me to see what was going on inside of her. Well, you have to be willing to do that. You have to be willing to show me. You know, you guys were furious with each other. And it wasn't about the church. And it wasn't about money. It was about who f***ed whom. It was personal. It was personal. And it became very personal for both of you in the sequence. And because it was personal, it became visceral for me. Okay? Yeah. Don't you cry. Make me cry. Okay? We good in the booth? Yeah, yeah, we're good. That was, that was really great, guys. Okay, Mr. Abner, you've got the con. Holding for sound. <laughs> and motorcyclists. <laughs> hey, that's Frontier Airlines to you. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's both. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spirited Frontier. <laughs> I think we're clear now. Okay, take your time, guys. Focus yeah. a minute. Of course you resent it, but you should know there is an easy way to silence all these unjust criticisms. If you were to produce some accounts, then... Why should I? Why should I 
submit to the bullying of the diocesan's offices? Why should I open up private files so that you can appease your obstreperous archdeacon who is currently browbeating you into taking an undignified and undefying stance? And if I were to give in to this request, I'd be setting the most dangerous precedent. Now I assure you, the canons have my back to the hilt in asserting the dean and chapter's ability to withstand any interference from the archdeacon and the ordering of the cathedral's affairs. I understand your anger, and I see your point of view. But Stephen, I beg of you, please listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. I personally don't see any deliberate wrongdoing, but it is a fact that anyone, even someone as financially adroit as you, can commit a mistake that proves expensive. If there really has been a mistake made somewhere along the line, please tell me now so that I can back you completely. But I also can understand that there would be circumstances that speaking to the canons wouldn't be in your favor. And I'd be failing you as your bishop if I didn't at least give you the chance to confide in me. Well, how extremely kind of you, but I am in no need of a confessor. I should also warn you that if you persist in your refusal to cooperate with me, I shall feel obliged to make a visitation. Then make it. And I hope you enjoy what you find when I present you immaculate accounts. That's a very irresponsible attitude for a senior churchman to adopt. Shouldn't you be thinking of ways to best avoid unfortunate well, shouldn't you? Listen to yourself. This lust to become this grand inquisitor of the chapter's house is more than a little sickening. Your job is to go around being everybody's father and god, not prying into the cathedral's affairs like some mob squad detective. Now listen to me when I tell you everything is fine. I have everything under control. The appeal is on course, so why don't you do me a favor and go back to your job and play the good little bishop? And leave me in peace to play the good dean. Because I know from past experience that the role of a good dean is one that you sometimes have great trouble sustaining. Oh, how dare you? How dare you? And since you insist on calling a spade a spade, I hardly think you're in the right to complain when I follow your example. So Stephen, let's get a grip on ourselves and try to have a conversation in a calm, civilized, and dare I say, Christian manner. I'll start by offering some information that is true, and which I hope you'll accept as a peace offering, signifying my good intentions. I don't want to have a visitation, and I think it'd be infinitely better for the church that if- That is a lie. You have been longing for years to make a visitation here so you could rub my face in the mud, and don't think I don't know why. You still haven't forgiven me. Steve. You haven't forgotten that I may have made a pass at your wife. And you haven't forgotten that she wasn't as upset as she should have been. You bloody liar. You bloody liar! She was never interested in you. She fought you off. No. I know she fought she you off! She did not fight that hard, and for a while she did not fight at all. Good thing I didn't have too much to drink. Why, you always have so much to drink. 
The only reason why you don't spend your entire damn life committing adultery is because you're always too bloody sodden into a J-Bag. You self-righteous, hypocritical. What's so self-righteous and hypocritical? Because it's not the truth. I am speaking the truth when I call you self-righteous and hypocritical. Now, how dare you accuse me of immorality when you just last night were in bed with Harriet March? No, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And don't think for once I will keep silence for the good of the church. In fact, if you go through with this visitation, I shall reach out to Harriet's highest friends in London and tell them about the affair, and then the news of the world will be on your doorstep quicker than you can come up with a lie about your innocence. But there wasn't any affair. That's not what Harriet had to say. But she's lying! Well, good for you. Because I don't trust you, and neither will the news of the world. That's it. You just convinced me, without a shadow of doubt, that you are utterly unfit to be the dean of a great cathedral. I will force you out of Starbridge, even if it's the very last thing I ever do. And cut. There we go. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. See, that's, that's, that's some of the best, most relaxed, unaffected work that you've ever done. Do you feel it? Yeah. Do you feel it? That you've got, you've got to feel it. You've got to feel it. I can't make you feel it. I can't get you to that, to that place. Well, it's easy to make. The, get mad at me. I'm getting Yeah. Look at him. I mean, with the will holder. No, I'm the whitest person here. Good work, guys. Good, good. How are we doing, Joe? Sweating like a dog. Okay. Oh, I was already sweating like a dog. Oh, in here. Gosh. Well, uh, it's up to you. Uh, we could do uh, Rochelle and Kai, but then Jeannie has to work back to back, and I don't know that Jeannie wants to do that. Okay. Break time. Coffee time, break time, water time, candy time. Yep. We are rolling. Sound is speeding. We have a mark. Action. <laughs> You're not leaving. I have to go. This is ridiculous. You, you sneak in here unannounced, you drink all of my wine, you fuck me, you leave me high and dry, then you go to the bathroom for like half an hour, and then you saunter off through the dark, and you start getting dressed as if I wouldn't notice, and without any explanation, it's pretty obvious that you're going to a fucking dinner party. Okay, come on, don't get angry. I told you I was going to the dinner party last week. I reminded you about the dinner party when I arrived this afternoon. A couple hours ago, you didn't seem to mind. You were very welcoming. I know, but I... I changed my mind, okay? I changed my mind. I mean, especially since this is your last night in LA and we spent several hours together in bed. I mean, normally we have supper together and we cuddle and I just, I just thought, I thought we were gonna do that tonight, Shane. I thought we were gonna do that. Okay, well, look, don't, it's fine. Don't make yourself feel guilty about anything or anything like that, okay? I'm not mad, just, Look, it doesn't matter, Michelle. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Okay. It does matter. It matters to me. I mean, it's pretty obvious after tonight that something else is going on. It's pretty obvious that you can't be with me because there's another woman. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 
So what does that prove? Yeah, I think you're a bastard for using me. I haven't used you. Oh, I haven't used you. Yes, you have. And I think Dave Hartley's a bastard, too, for not inviting me to that stupid fucking dinner party, too. Okay, well, he's not putting it on. Allison Ridley is. And she doesn't know you. She doesn't know about our relationship. We both decided that we'd have separate lives, separate friends, and we wouldn't become that perfect twosome. Okay, our relationship has never had any strings because of you, if I recall correctly. Yeah, well, I... I changed my mind. <laughs> Okay, I changed my mind, Shane, okay? Look, I... I love you, Shane, and I just, I, I, I wanna go with you tonight. I'm, can I, can no. I please just... No, you can't. Not this late of hour. It's a seated dinner party. Okay, so stop trying to make me feel guilty. Of course. Of course, I'm not involved in your inner little circle. And it makes me wanna puke all of you. The Hartleys, the, the O'Hares, the O'Neills, all of them! Make me want to fucking puke. <clears throat> You're so pretentious in your own little fucking circle, never allowing any outsiders, ever. You with your old money, you know, you're never allowing anybody, but you guys, you know what I think it is? I think it's incestuous. All you do is hang out with your country club people and your Beverly Hills mansions, and you never allow anyone from the outside. It's sick! I have to go. I'm very late. You know, I'm really sorry that this, uh, had it ended on a bad note. But there's nothing else to be said, so... I really wish we could have been friends, though. Friends. Friends. You got your goddamn mind. <laughs> friends. Why don't you go with that bitch, right? Oh, is she a debutante? Part of like a country club? Is that why you don't bring her around? I bet you used to do that at that dinner. You know, there's one thing I don't understand. Every single time you come crawling back to me all hot and bothered, and I accept you for what? Well, is it because she's so pure and virginial that you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't mess with her because you're saving her for marriage? And I'm just the one that you fuck with? Or is it because she's not falling for your charms? Is that it? Great. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to speak out of term. I didn't mean to be cruel. I just, um... I was really hoping that we, we could talk. And you know, I love you. I've loved you since the first time I saw you. I, I didn't mean any of it. I just, I, I treasure every moment that we have together and I, I just thought that. Cut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a ton of dialogue, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the words great. keep escaping though. That's all right. Nobody knows but you and me. We couldn't tell. Yeah. Yeah, nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody knows. Really but good. here's the thing to remember. Once you're in motion, you don't stop. Only the director says cut or the DP. They're the only people that say cut. Actors don't cut a scene, you know. Even William H. Macy doing his eighth or ninth season of Reckless, you know, in the middle of a very dramatic scene, he went up on his lines
and he stopped, he kept his attention and focus on his partner because we know the key to this whole thing is, if you're doing it correctly, total concentration of attention away from yourself is a creative source of acting. He stopped, kept his concentration, said, line, please. And they gave him the line. He backed up two lines and picked it up. And they keep going. Keep going. The script coordinator will make a note. The director will make a note. They'll do a pickup shot. Don't you worry. That's not your... You don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. That's not your job. That's their job. Don't try to take their job to be mad. You know, you do your job. Okay? So nobody knows if you drop a line. Trust me. I know. You know. Maybe your partner knows sometimes. But not always. You getting more comfortable? Yeah, because I'm supposed to be like... <laughs> I know. You're... Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we ready? Everybody simmered? Ready in the booth? Listos. Listos. On the amo. We are rolling. Sound is speeding. We have a mark. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> you're not leaving. I have to go. So you come here unannounced, you drink all my wine, you fuck me, you leave me high and dry, and then you're just out of here? You go to the bathroom for about half an hour, and then you come out, you change in the dark, expect me not to say anything, not even to notice? It's pretty obvious you're going to your fucking dinner party right now. Okay, don't be mad. I told you about the dinner party last week. I reminded you about the dinner party today when I arrived. A couple hours ago, you did not care. You were very welcoming. Yeah, but now I do care, okay? Because it's your last night in LA, and I expect that we be together. Especially after we spent several hours together in bed. I mean, normally you give me supper and... And we cuddle in bed for a while, okay? I mean... Like I am... Um, Shane? I'm sorry, I um... I, I didn't want your last moments here to be the whole... I, I just, I, I love you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you upset. I didn't mean to make you angry. I'm not mad, okay? And there's nothing to be sorry for. So stop trying to make yourself feel guilty, okay? It doesn't matter, Michelle. It doesn't matter. You know, I think it does fucking matter. Especially after this evening. I think it's pretty clear that the reason why you don't want to be with me is because there's somebody else. <laughs> Okay. And that proves what? That proves that you're fucking using me, that you've been using me this whole time! I'm not using you. you. You're not using me, you're using me! Just like Dan Hardy! I think he's a fucking asshole because he didn't invite okay. me to this dinner party. Okay, well he's not holding it. Allison Ridley is, and she doesn't know you. She doesn't know about our relationship because we both decided to keep everything, everything separate. Our lives, our friends. We didn't become that perfect twosome. Our relationship has never had any strings because of you, if I recall correctly. And besides, you never liked my friends until today, so... Because I changed my mind. It's your nice... It's your last night here. I... Can I just come with you to the dinner party, please? No, you can't. You know, you know that. Not this late of an hour. It's a seated dinner party. 
So stop trying to make me feel guilty. That's right. Not allowed in your precious little circle. I know all of you guys make me want to vomit. Yeah. You, the Hardys, the O'Henrys. They're all villains. <laughs> you and your, your precious little elite circle. Never involving anyone else but yourselves. You're just a bunch of rich snobs. That's what you are. All the money. So hateful of everybody else but your own selves. You think you're incestuous. Just hanging out at your Beverly Hills mansions and your country clubs. Never allowing any outsiders. It's sick. It's disgusting. Yeah, I have to go. It's late. Okay? I'm... I'm sorry this ended on a bad note, but there's nothing left to be said. And I... I really wish we could have been friends, but... Friends. 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 Get out of here. Leave. Go with your fucking girlfriend. I know she's at that dinner party. Go with her. Was she some debutante from some country club, some rich little family? Is that why you don't want to bring her around? You know, there's one thing I don't get. Why night after night, I'm the one you come crawling back to. Is it because she's too precious to be deflowered? She's a virgin. You don't want to ruin her before marriage. Or is it because you just fall into your fucking games? She doesn't fall for your charm and, and your fancy clothes. Maybe she's more rich than she really are. I'm sorry. That was, um, was kind of cruel. I, um, I love you. Um, um, I really want to spend your last night together. I feel like me. I didn't mean to be cruel. You know, I just, the first time I saw you, I. I knew that you were the one for me. And cut. Give that girl a present. Oh. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. Good work. Yeah, no, bipolar, <laughs> bipolar plus. Uh, okay, Rochelle and Mr. Abner. We have speed. We have mark. Action. Um, the doctor said we could stay here in the chapel and talk. Okay. Sure. God. What are we going to do? Uh, I don't know. It's not fair. None of it. That poor little thing. You know, it has a heart. It's beating. How can that be? How could it have such a tiny, healthy heart, but everything else be so... Maybe it's not for us to understand. Uh, we understand well enough. It is what it is. It's got multiple birth defects. That's, that's what the doctor said. Please don't call her it. She has a name. Melanie. She's a human being. 
She's alive. She belongs to you and to me. That's not true. She doesn't belong to me, nor to you either. She is no part of us. What do you think those doctors can do with surgery? Make her a whole person from assorted parts? You're mistaken if you think that. They can't do a damn thing. The doctor said a decision must be made now. Oh, God. Oh, oh God is right. You're the one who believes in all that crap. So tell me, what does your God tell you to do now? To keep her alive and to take care of her forever. It's been seven days, today. Seems appropriate to me that on the seventh day, your God rested. So, today he's resting. <laughs> Where? Going fishing? Out to lunch, be back in an hour? But you get the bastard back here, because I want to talk to him. Now. Don't. Don't talk like that. This isn't God's fault. Whose fault is it? It's not for us to understand. Whose fault is it? Mine? Yours? It isn't anybody's fault. I don't accept that. Please. You know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have used birth control pills. Maybe you shouldn't have experimented drugs back in your college days. What? You heard me. Are you blaming me? Are you saying that this is my fault? You did drugs too, back then. Maybe it's your fault. I need to know why our baby was born like this. It's God's will. We must accept that. She's a special baby. There are special schools. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Mistake. No, you know what, honest to Christ, they gave us the wrong one. I can't deal with this. I'm serious. I cannot handle this for the rest of my life. Uh, you know what? I refuse to be responsible for this thing. Nobody can make me. But Melanie is our responsibility. She's all we have. And we're going to tell the doctor to do the operation. To do everything in his power to give her the best possible chance in this world. Chance? What chance does it have? Chance for what? It... No, no, no. We are not going to. We have to. No, we don't have to, and we won't. It's not fair to... Her. She didn't ask to be born. We wanted her. And we're going to tell the doctor to do everything that he can. I love her. And I don't care what you say. She has just as much a right to live as you do. And we're going to tell him to do what he can. No, we won't. Because if I have to, I'll stop her living myself. And damn you. No, you won't. You couldn't do that. God will give us the strength. No, shut up! Shut up! I've heard all I want to hear about your absentee God. It does not exist. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Just please. Just please, please, please let us help her.
be all right, okay? I promise you, I promise it'll be all right, okay? Just, we, 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 all right, we, we will talk to the doctor again, okay? Just, just please, please, please don't, don't cry anymore. And cut. It's Nice work. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you had a slow roll, slow burn. Okay. You know, but that's okay. If that's the way you felt like doing it, that's the way to do it. You know? Jack Nicholson says, if you get a feeling, go with it. You know, if it's not right, the director will say, take two. <laughs> pretty simple. You know, pretty simple. Everything we're doing here is simple, guys. It's just not easy. You know, this process is simple. Simple, simple, simple. Lovely work. Good for both of you. Thank you. Okay. Ready to do it again? Yeah. Change it up. It's up to you. Change it up. Okay. I don't want to give you a redirect because there's no reason to. If there is something that wasn't working, I'd tell you, but it's working. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know? Let go a little more. Be a little freer with her. You know, I feel you holding back a little bit. Don't hold back. All right. We're rolling. Sound is speeding. We have a mark. Whenever you're ready. The doctor said we could stay in the chapel and talk. Okay. Sure. What are we going to do? I don't know. It's not fair, is it? That poor little thing. It has a heart. It's beating. I mean, how, how can that be? How can it have such a tiny, healthy heart and everything else be so just, uh, Maybe it's not for us to understand. We understand it well enough. It is what it is. It's got multiple birth defects. That's what the doctor said. Please don't call her it. She has a name, Melanie. She's a human being, she's alive, and she belongs to you and me. That's not true. She doesn't belong to me or to you either. She's not part of us. What do you think those doctors can do with surgery? Make her a whole person from a sort of parts? You're mistaken if you think that. They can't do a damn thing. Well, they said a decision must be made now. Oh, God. Oh, God is right. You believe in all that crap. What does your God tell you to do now? To keep her alive and to take care of her. Well, it's been seven days today. It seems appropriate to me that on the seventh day your God rested. So today he's resting. Resting where? Going fishing? Out to lunch? Back in an hour? Is that what he's doing? Well, you get the bastard back here right now, because I want to talk to him right now. Don't. 
don't talk like that. This is not God's fault. Whose fault is it? Maybe we don't understand. No, no, who, whose fault is it? Tell me, mine, yours, what? This isn't anybody's fault. I do not accept that. Please. All right, maybe, uh, maybe we, we shouldn't have used birth control pills. No, maybe you shouldn't have done all the experimentation with drugs during your college days. What? You heard me. Uh, are you blaming me? Are you saying that this is my fault? You took drugs too, back then. Maybe it's your fault. No, I need to know right now why our baby is born like this. It's God's will. So well, what are you going to tell me now? We'll, we'll grow up and we'll take you to some kind of well, those special schools or something like that? No, no, no. I don't want to hear it. It's all a mistake. It's just a big mistake. Honestly, Christ. You know, they just gave us the wrong one. That's what it is. I can't deal with this. I'm serious. I, 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 I can't handle this for the rest of my life. You know what? I refuse to be responsible for this. Nobody can make me. But we are responsible for Melanie. We are all she has. And we're gonna tell the doctor to do the operation. We're gonna tell him to do everything in his power to give her the best possible chance in chance. this world. Chance! Chance for what? What chance does it have? No, no, no. We're not going to. We no. have to. No, we don't have to and we're not going to. It's not fair to it. She didn't her. ask to be born. We wanted her. I love her. And I don't care what you say, she has as much a right to live as you do. So we're going to tell him to do whatever he can. No, we won't. And if I have to, I will stop her living myself. Damn you. No, you won't. You couldn't do that. God will give us the strength. No, that we no, need no. To. I've heard all I want to hear about your absentee God. It doesn't exist. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. God is that special little baby. God is you and me and our little girl. Please. Please, please, just let them help her. you I promise all right, it'll be all right we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll talk to the doctors again okay just, 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 please just, just, just don't cry anymore okay just, just, it'll be all right all right all right we'll talk to the doctors again okay big cut look okay. at you good 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 stay up there guy you're gonna do it again oh, okay. got another one in you Michelle. yeah yeah good good Light nights for show. Good for you. Jeannie's doing it again because she had it scheduled to do last week and her partner uh, was called out of town. So we're going to throw her to the wolves. Are you comfortable, Jeannie? No. <laughs> Are we simmered? We're simmered. Okay.
We are rolling. Sound is speeding. We have a mark. Action. The priest said we could um, use the chapel to talk for a while. Okay. Sure. Oh my God, what are we gonna do? I don't know. It, it's that's not fair. None of it. Well, maybe it's the, the poor, poor little thing. You know, it, you know, it has a heart, and it's beating. How, how can that be? How can it have a tiny, healthy heart and everything else be so? I don't think that's for us to understand. No, we understand it well enough. It is what it is. It's got multiple birth defects. That's what the doctor said. Can you please not call her an it? Her name is Melanie. She's a human. She's her baby and she belongs to you and me. No, that's not true. She doesn't belong to me. I don't belong to you either. She's no part of us. Because what do you think those doctors can do with surgery? Make her a whole person out of a sort of part like a Frankenstein or something? You're mistaken if you think that. I can't do a damn thing. Yeah, well, the doctor says we have to make a decision by tonight, so. Uh, I'm waiting for you to hear some of your, all your pontificating blabbing about God because you don't want to believe in that. What does your God tell you to do now? He tells me to keep her alive and care for her forever. You know, it's been seven days today. If I remember correctly, it seems perfect to me that on the seventh day your God rested, so today he's resting. Where? Where? Gone fishing, out to lunch, back don't, in the house. No, you get don't the best of my kid and tell him I want to hear you right now. Stop talking like that. Don't talk about God like that. Whose fault is it? We don't know why these things happen. Whose fault is it? Mine? Yours? Is that anybody's fault? I don't accept that. Please, just, please. Um, you, know, you know what, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have experimented with the birth control pills. You know what, and maybe you shouldn't have experimented with drugs back in your college days. What? You heard me. Well, you're saying it's my fault because I took drugs? You took drugs too, maybe it's your fucking fault! I need to know why our baby was born like this! Because it's God's will. And she's a special baby and, and we're gonna take her to special no, school! No, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up! No, it's a mistake! Honest to Christ! They just gave us the wrong one! That, 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 that's it. They just gave us the wrong one. I can't deal with this. Look at me. I'm serious. I cannot handle this for the rest of my life. You know what? You know what? I refuse to be responsible for it. Nobody can make me. You know what? Yeah, Melanie's our responsibility. We're gonna go to those doctors. We're gonna tell them to do the surgery. And we're gonna tell them to give her the best fucking chance. Chance? <laughs> what chance do you think it has? Chance for what? No, no, no. We are not going to. We have to. No, we don't have to. 
and we weren't going to. It's not fair to it. her. You know, she didn't ask to be born. No, seriously. We wanted her. I love her. And I am going to those doctors whether or not you want to because she has right to live just as much as you do. No, we won't. And if I have to, I will stop her living myself. Damn you. No, you won't. That's not in you. We are going to do this and God is going to help us through. No, no, I have heard all I'm going to hear about your absentee God. It doesn't exist. Just fucking stop it! Just stop it! See, God is in this little girl. God is in you, and God is in me. And we're going to trust him. Please. you. I promise it'll be all right, okay? We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk to the doctors again, okay? Just, just please, just don't, don't cry anymore, okay? It'll be okay. And cut. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's it for taping, guys. Let's uh, cold read. Okay, simmer, please. <coughs> Mr. Keating asked for simmer. They were done by the late 90s. All right, whenever you're ready. How the fuck have you been? Great. Why is there no furniture here? Tim is moving. Thanks for returning my phone calls, you dick. Sorry, I've only been back for like four days. And I don't know. I... But I've been looking for you. Well, here I am. What can I do for you, dude? What have you got? What did you take up there? Well, an art course and a writing course. And this music course. Music course? Did you write any music? Yeah, a little. Hey, I got some lyrics. Write some music, we'll make millions. <laughs> millions of what? Are you going back? Are you going to stay and play in LA? Where? Jesus, to school, you jerk! I don't know. I, I suppose so. You suppose so? Yeah. Cute scarf. Real cute. Guess Blair still likes you. I guess. You guess? You guess? It's good. How about a gram? Here you go, dude. Keep your money. Christmas present, okay? Thanks a lot, Rip. I think you should go back. Don't fuck off. Don't be a bum. Like you? Like me, dude. I don't know if I want to. What do you mean you don't know if you don't if you want to? I don't know. Things are different here. Listen, you've got a long vacation, don't you? A month, right? Yeah, four weeks. A month, right? Think about it. I'll do that. Okay, good. <laughs> Short and sweet, but you know, if you do, you do a piece. Simmer, please, guys. You do a piece like this on a on a hit TV show. You do a short scene like that. Remember, no small roles, just small actors. You can't have stinking thinking, you know? Do the gig, do a great job, 
do your best, commit the rest, forget about it. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, good. It's There's a lot in this piece. So don't ever look at a two-and-a-half or three-page piece and don't think, oh, I mean... I have you know? never thought that. I know. Never. Not it's even a, for microseconds. It's, it's, it's a reminder for everybody, you know. It's just a reminder for everybody. Okay, uh, Blake, you wanted to work next? Blake mm -hmm. and Kenny? I don't give you line readings and I don't tell you what to expect. That's your job. You bring your soul to the character. That's why they hired you. They hired you because when you auditioned, you gave them something that they were looking for. You know, don't go there to please them or anything. Go there to, Pacino says, act. It's your chance to act. Go there and kick ass. You know, don't give them what you think they want. You know why? They don't know what they want. You know, if I was up for a role in a feature film that shot in the Midwest a couple of years ago, and, and I'm white, white-haired, white-bearded, and 6'3", and they went with a 5'2 Chinese guy, obviously they didn't know what they were looking for. And I know my audition was very good because the director told me it was very good. So they don't know. They don't always know. So you can't take anything personally. It's totally subjective, you know. If you're a blonde and a beautiful woman and you go to an audition and the director's uh, ex-wife is blonde and beautiful and he hates her guts, you're not going to get the role. Is that fair? No. Is life no. Okay. There you go. I learned something new today. I learned that in 1905, $100,000 was $100,000, but today it's the equivalent of $3 million. So when the Rockefellers and the Kennedys and all those people were doing illegal shit to make all their millions, it was because... That's how much that money was worth then. Stop and think about it. Mm -hmm. And a loaf of bread was a nickel. <laughs> or cheaper. Are we ready? Ready. Ready. ready in the booth? We are totally ready. Okay, cool. Listos. Anytime you two are ready, take your own action. And I start. Thank you, Kenny. Your grades came today, Todd. Yeah, I know. 1B, 4Cs, 1D, 1D. Got a D for Christ's sakes, Todd. Your mother's not showing it, but she's really upset. Uh-huh. I got, you've never gotten a report like this. A D in beginning algebra. What, what is this? I don't know, Dad. All right. Your mother and I think you spend too much time with Mr. Denker. We think you should cut down the time you spend on the weekends. No, Dad, please don't do that. I don't. I, I mean, don't punish Mr. Denker for something that's my fault. I mean, he'd be lost without me. I'll do better. Really, that algebra it just threw me to start with. I just messed up. It won't happen again. No, you're spending way too much time with him. Mr. Storman, the algebra teacher, is really hard. Lots of kids get D's. Three or four. I won't go on Wednesdays anymore, and they'll study extra hot, hard. You really like the old guy that much. He's really neat and tells 
great stories. Plus, he needs companionship. Okay. I'm just thinking of your future. You know, junior high is not too soon to start thinking about it. But for now, we'll try it your way. Thanks, Dad. And I promise I'll work extra hard. And cut. Okay, a lot how in the piece. Old, how old is this character? Junior high school? Yeah. I'm going to finish the junior high school. <laughs> right. Right. So it's important. <laughs> so it's important that you finish. And if you smirk at your father like that one more time. Okay. It must be my son. He's so smart. You only did, you, uh, when you said me, you get an upread on me. Oh, and yeah. and that very end, your last line, you give me an upread. Don't, no upreads. Okay. Never do an upread. Guys, remember, go through your script, take out that punctuation. Writers write the way writers write. They don't write the way people speak. So it's your job to look at the copy, at the words and extrapolate the meaning you know exclamation point most bad actors think that means you have to yell or exaggerate don't do that when you know a question mark do i say david how are you today no i say how are you today it's a question if it's written as a question and you make it a statement it's going to sound like a question leave it the alone just leave it alone take out the periods we don't talk that 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 period that 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 period that 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 period we don't do that jeez my whole life is one long run-on sentence <laughs> you know that's the way we talk so just be careful only twice right. though and that's the first time tonight so good for you right. keep working on it kiddo right. you got it wolf connection nice <laughs> You're Good dad. Let's see. Uh, Jill and Felix. I have a scene? You do. <laughs> you do, Jill. You have a scene. Okay. Anytime you're ready. It's ours, babe. I'm putting in a teardrop window. What do you mean it's ours? Where's our bug? Traded her in. Don't worry. I got this below sale price super deal. You know, bought it three days ago, but there was some paperwork. Surprise. You bought this thing without even telling me? They installed these windows for you at the dealership, but it's like a ripoff. You know, I'm saving about a hundred and a half. You like it? I mean, come on, do you like it? <laughs> you and I are going on our belated cross-country honeymoon trip first week of August. Dante, I I just can't pick up and go on a three-week vacation. I only get one-week vacation. Nah, it's all taken care of. I, uh, I called What's-His-Face, uh, you know, your boss. Mm -hmm. Right, and he finally agreed to uh, give you a week with pay, plus two weeks off without pay. You planned a vacation without even asking me. Well, you know, I'm putting in the shag carpet down on the floor. You know, boomers got a remnant left from their place. All the comforts of home, huh? Like, come on, what's not to like about it? Well, come on, say something. Uh, uh, um, 
I thought you were going to write poems all summer. You said that's what you needed to do. No, no. Travel will feed my writing, you know, will feed the beast. I figured you can take the wheel when I drive, you know, I could just do a little writing. I thought you'd be excited about it. I don't know. You think it was easy putting all this together? But a lot of that money was my grandmother's. She gave it to us. Oh, okay. I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hands off of the wedding stash because she's my grandmother, not yours. I never realized you're such a fucking materialist before. Little Miss Equity. That's not the point. How about this, Mim? What a whatever the fuck her name is. Doesn't doesn't she get her usual vote in this too? Look, I wanted to surprise you with this honeymoon we never got to have. Not that our marriage needs a jump start or anything. Not that we have any room for any wedded bliss. And that's it. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. You got it. That's it. <laughs> Andrea and Kai. I should have let my hair down. That would have been better. And yes, Kai. Yes, Kai. I know you're not a grandfather, but, 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 Lou Gossett Jr. started playing grandfathers when he was 30. So I figured if Lou Gossett could do it, you could do it. They aged him. Yeah, because because he was capable of doing it. And a very, Simmer please, and a very good friend of mine who just got an Oscar uh, for writing uh, a couple of years ago, Kevin Wilmot, who's a fabulous actor, he, in one of his early films that he wrote and shot in Kansas City, he played uh, 39th Street. It was a history of 39th Street, which was where all the black bars were in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, during World War II, he played a grandfather in that, and he was at that time probably only 35, 38. So, yeah, I mean, that's why we're actors, isn't it? You know? I don't want a real job. Hi, Grandpa. What's going on? I have something to tell you. That's why I asked you to come over. Mm. What's wrong? I need to tell you something. Okay, what is it? Back 20 years before your grandma died, we decided to put some money back for you kids so you have down payments for your home. It's in 30 month CDs. Last three times they've matured. I wanted to give it to you kids, but your mother won't let me. Promise me. Something should happen to me. You'll get it. I'm surprised Mom even let you put money in CDs for us to begin with. Your mom didn't know it. And how did she find out? After Lisa got remarried, I had to change with a new married name. It came in the mail with a name on it in care of me. I can't walk to the mailbox anymore, so your mother found out when she picked up my mail. 
spit that went over like a leaf balloon. She wasn't very happy. <laughs> she said you kids didn't need it. She said the boys are both as an alcohol, drugs, and women. Um, Lisa's husband would end, up, would end up with all of hers, and you and Debbie just didn't need it all. Grandpa, what in the world happened to your arm? That is where your mom hit me. Oh my god, Grandpa. Was that last Sunday at Little Skippy birthday party? Yes. Okay, I called over just after she had done it, and she had the nerve to tell me about it. If I had been there, I don't know what I would have done. There is no excuse for a 55-year-old woman to hit an 85-year-old, period. No excuse at all. And I told her so. What did she say? She reminded me the time I broke my mother's finger. The time she went around telling everyone that a horse stepped on it? Yeah, that's the time. She was coming at me and you know how she throws these hands up to grab ya? Well, I threw up mine to block hers and our fingers interlaced. I guess being scared to death gave me a strength and I didn't know I had. And I just snapped her finger. Grandpa, Davy and I discussed, have discussed it and we think we should have mom committed. No. I don't want to cause any trouble. Your mom goes to the grocery store for me and picks up my mail every day. I don't want to stir up anything. I've already forgiven her, but I'll never forget what she did as long as I live. Okay, Grandpa. But if it happens again, you won't have any choice. We will have her committed. She beat us. She beat us kids every day of our lives. And she's not starting on you. She's dangerous, Grandpa. I don't think you should know how dangerous. Okay, there's a lot in this piece, so when you memorize 85, it, 85, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can do it. You can do it, man. You, you can do it. I know you can do it. Two things: lead balloon, lead, yeah, lead balloon. And then when you, when Jill sent you the material that you did tonight, in your earlier piece that you did with Mr. Uh, Bidju, uh, look at the the in take one look at where you talk about wallowing it dig it mm -hmm. and look at the difference in your transition the second take on those same lines because mm -hmm. it's really interesting i want you to see the difference in the take one and take two just in that sequence okay, okay? yeah you see, yeah. see and tell me what you see mm -hmm. okay good uh, let's see, uh, Rochelle and Mr. CMS. Uh, Zimmer, whenever you're ready. What the hell is going on, John? Janice, you're trembling. I, I, I knew that funeral last week must have been unbearable for you and Sarah. Let me write you a prescription for a sedative. It'll help you calm down. I don't want a sedative. I want some answers. You and Jack have been best friends since college. You and I both know Jack was as healthy as a horse. He had never been sick a day in his life. There was never any history of heart problems in Jack's family. And yet you expect me to believe that he actually died from a heart attack? Janice, you've read the autopsy report. The U.S. Attorney General conducted a formal investigation. <laughs> 
It's over, Janice. I'm sorry. Don't you find it odd that Janet would fly out to conduct a personal investigation? Especially for some small, small-town Memphis lawyer? Uh, Jack was no small-town lawyer. He was a partner in one of the largest firms in Memphis. How much did Jack tell you about why he was, about what he was working on? Well, he told me that he had an upcoming trip to, to Blightsville, and uh, he said that he wanted to conduct his own investigation. I mean, Christ, why, why couldn't that husband of yours be satisfied with staying inside the courtroom? Why did he always have to be Dick Tracy, too? John, Jack called that, money, that Monday from Blytheville. He found what he was looking for. He told me that he didn't think he would make it out alive. He was right. John, I'm afraid. I'm afraid for my life and for Sarah's. Well, you know, it's a matter of national security and you know, that such preposterous conclusions not be released to the press. Such conclusions, you know, could harm the president's image as well as ruin your career. To save you from any further embarrassment and whatever, you know, I'm relieving you of your duties. Those were her exact words. I mean, it didn't make sense at the time, but oh boy, now it does. What did Jack die from? Anthrax. What is anthrax? Anthrax is a steroid used on cattle. Now, ranchers use it to produce meteor livestock. You know, a research team at UT Martin found out that when, when it was injected into smaller animals, it produced heart failures. You know, because it's a steroid, the, uh, the heart attack occurs naturally. And unless you're specifically looking for traces of this steroid, no doctors would ever know that it wasn't a heart attack. How did you know to look for the drug, John? Well, I put together the research team at UT Martin. <laughs> Bad dude. <laughs> Bad dude. You killed my husband. <laughs> You're right. Company man. Adam and Mr. Keating. <clears throat> my associate tells me you alluded to me as a first-class jerk. I didn't want to use I didn't want to use stronger language in front of them. I never liked to see a robot blush. What exactly do you want? They also told me you referred to me as a Becky. <laughs> not a term of endearment. I prefer not to be called a Becky, Cardia. Fine. Why am I here? That's precisely what I'm most anxious to learn. What does bring you to London? Personal business. You may recall that I didn't care for you when you were a California police officer and come poking around in London some years ago. Yeah. I find it. I find I care for you even less right now. Right now that you're nothing more than a private investigator. I dislike you about the same as I did back seven years ago. No more, no less. This unknown soldier case is one I don't want anyone interfering with. Whoa now. You don't have any jurisdiction in France. Don't try playing schoolboy games with me. You're much too far along in years to bring off cardigan. To bring it off, cardigan. There's been a new killing, huh? 
right here in England. I assumed you already knew that. Isn't that why you came over to England in such a rush? No, it isn't. Who's the victim? Senator Ainsworth. He was murdered outside the apartment of his current mistress. His Skycar pilot was only shot with a stun gun. Ainsworth, of course, was killed by having his body quartered. Do all the details match the other killings? The description of the killers match? His method was the same? But something's bothering you. I know you've been hired to look into the murder of Joseph, but... Joseph. Are there really any indications that he wasn't a victim of the unknown soldier? Some. Yeah. I know he left last night contained a variation. Which was... In addition to his usual message, he added a postscript. Consisted of one word. True. Which can mean that this was a true unknown soldier kill and not an imitation. You're thoroughly convinced there are two separate killers? There seems to be. There's the unknown soldier, and there's the copycat, copycat who did it in Bouchon. Look, you give me your word, you're not here to interfere with this investigation. Until you told me. I didn't even know there'd been a new killing. Where are you staying? The Crystal Palace Hotel. You may consider our interview at an end. Okay. So, <laughs> the Kippy Cut. You can, is that how you say that? It's okay, Con Okay, so, so, gentlemen, you can be much more dismissive and upset that he's in your territory again. You have positional authority. He's there nosing around. So, let him know that. Okay. And you just don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> You're following up on a lead you had, and you don't care what he thinks about you being there. Max and Jean? Yeah, good. Max and Jean. Hey, guys, this is just a note for everybody. Uh, if you're not cold reading aloud 30 minutes every day, I can tell. I don't care if I'm ever in front of a camera again. Although I did enjoy doing the film I did two years ago. But I still cold read a lot 30 minutes every day. I have every day since 1970. I do it because I won't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do. But I can only suggest that you do it. I can't force you to do it. But I do know after 70 plus years of being a working actor, not just someone walking around with a script under my arm saying I'm a bartender, but I want to be an actor, a working actor, I know how important these skills are because you've heard me say this before and Jeannie wrote it in her, her new writings that she wrote. Your craft will support you when your knees won't. 
And it's important that you understand that. This is a business, guys, like any other business. If you don't stay on top of your stuff, somebody else will come by and gobble you up. There's always a faster gun in the West. Okay? Remember that. Okay. Ginny do. Why are we making small talk, Jim, when you're troubled? I mean, I know something's wrong. Can you just please tell me what it is, darling? I want to know what's bothering you. I suppose there's no putting it off. I had a bit of a set to with Winston today. clashes with him before and they always blow over so this will just uh, I've resigned you've resigned as managing editor of the company that is effective immediately why and why didn't you mention it to me and tell me what was on your mind I mean I simply don't understand what there was, was nothing to discuss That's your job. you see I didn't think I was going to resign until I did <laughs> Jim this is perfectly ridiculous just because you had a little row with Winston doesn't mean you have to do something as drastic as this, as dramatic. I mean, after all, Grandy has the final word. You know that. She appointed you, and, and she'll reinstate you at once. And, and she'll put Winston straight. Deal with him. Look, I, I'll, I'll speak with her tomorrow, ring her first thing in the morning, and it'll just all be... I'm afraid you're misunderstanding me. Winston didn't force me to resign or anything like that, if that's what you're thinking. I did so of my own accord. I wanted to, and rather badly, although I must admit in all truthfulness that I didn't realize this until the opportunity presented itself. So I certainly don't want to be reinstated. But why not, for heaven's sake? Because I don't like the job. Never have. When Winston came to me this morning, I asked point blank if I, w if I wished to continue as managing director. And as he was speaking, I knew really knew, Paula, that I didn't. I've never been particularly good at administrative work or interested in it, and I told Winston so, and he said, he sensed, he sensed this for some time, he pointed out that perhaps it would be better if I stuck to journalism. I ran papers for, for the company. I thoroughly agree with him, so I stepped down. That's all there is to it, actually. All there is to it. I don't believe that I'm hearing you say these things. You're acting as though it doesn't matter. As if this wasn't serious, when it's terribly serious. And you're being so cavalier, so dismissive. I am absolutely staggered! Don't get so head up. Frankly, I'm filled with relief. Relief should be the last thing on your mind. I mean, what about duty? What about responsibility? You know, Grandy showed a great deal of faith in you, put her trust in you when, when, when she appointed you to manager director last year. And I think that you've let her down rather badly. I'm sorry you feel that way, Paula, because I must disagree with you. I haven't let Grandy down. I'm still going to be managing editor in charge of two of the most important newspaper in the consolidated group. I'll be doing what I do best, being a newspaper man and 
a damn good one at that. And who's going to run the company now that you've stepped down? Winston. You know very well he doesn't want that job. Neither do I. I hope this sudden and rather extraordinary decision of yours doesn't mean that Grandy will have to cancel her trip with Blackie. She really needs this holiday. What did she say? I mean, I presume that you've already told her. Naturally, I've told her. Winston and I walked over to the store at lunchtime for a meeting with her. Your grandmother accepted my, res my resignation. Winston's agreed to take the job, and he didn't seem very perturbed about the idea either. Grandy isn't going to cancel her holiday. Rest assured of that. Come on, relax. You're the one who's more upset than anyone. Grandy and Winston respect my decision. They didn't quibble. In fact, there was very little discussion. It was rather cut and dried, actually. I think you've simply misunderstood their reactions. Now you're being ridiculous, Paula. Oh, I, I know them both very well, and I can assure you that everything is alright. I hope for your sake it is. Good, it's a wonderful piece. Row, not row. Row is a British term for argument. A row. A row. A row. So if you want to change it to argument, Oh, do I say that? Yeah. Oh, when did I say that? You said row. Sometimes. Somewhere in there. Page two. <laughs> I, I middle of page two, I think. But it's not like I know all the material. I just know all the material. <laughs> uh, but it's somewhere in the middle of page two. Okay, guys. Uh, look. Um, I, some really good work tonight. You know? Here, You know, you should feel, uh, all of you should feel really good about uh, everything that was done. Look, it, it's just consistency. You've got to keep doing it. Oh, I don't have the money. I can't do that. I can't. But you can go to Starbucks every day and spend eight bucks on a cup of coffee. You know, I'm not telling you how to spend your money. I'm just telling you, not you, especially money bags. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I was going to do a giveaway. I, I, I know, but we, no giveaways when we have guests. Yes. The, oh, the guests might have won. Maybe we should have done yeah. a giveaway. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just saying, you know, that it's, it's doing it and doing it and doing it. You're going to have plateaus. That's why I ask everybody that starts here to buy the book Mastery by George Leonard and read it. If you've been here longer than a week and you haven't purchased that, it's free online. Get it online for free. Read the damn book. It's only 124 pages. It only costs $14.95, I think, if you want to buy it. But it's free. You know, and if you don't have money, there's a library nearby. That, you know, check it out at the library. Oh, I don't have a library card. Get one. They're free. You know. It's like Jill says about cold reading all the time. Don't spend $800 on a cold reading class. I have two separate sheets of paper and five minutes of my time. I will gladly give you 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and teach you how to cold read for free. But cold read is a skill that you have to develop. Working on your craft daily is something you have to develop. Mm -hmm. I say it all the time, and then I'll say goodnight. Dancers dance and stretch every day, whether they're working or not. 
Singers vocalize and sing every day whether they're working or not. Musicians play their instrument every day whether they're working or not. And actors sit on their ass and wait for the phone to ring. Mm -hmm. And if you're one of those actors, when the phone rings, guess what? You are not ready. So I want you to be ready. I want you to be prepared. The Chinese symbols for opportunity and preparation, when put together, are success. Now that's a, that's a diagrammatic language that's over 6,000 years old. They knew something because it's still true. If you're not prepared when the opportunity arises, you don't get the brass ring. You keep missing it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's a great Tchaikovsky quote. Um, Tchaikovsky, you know, wrote 1812 Overture, Romeo and Juliet, Venice mm -hmm. Overture, Nutcracker, Swan Lake, Sleeping Beauty Ballet. Just a couple things. Yeah. Um, so he's qualified. He said, inspiration is a guest that does not willingly visit the lazy. <laughs> On that note, everybody, <laughs> have a great night. Be safe. Thank Stay you. healthy. Be well. And thank you both, David and Karen, so much for being here tonight. I hope you got something worthwhile. I don't know. Thank you.